Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe that as we go into the Word of God today, that God has a fresh Word for you that will build your faith and strengthen you to do what He has called you to do. Now, let's take our Bibles and go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verse 10, and we're going to prepare our hearts to receive the tithes and the offerings. Now, Jesus said in verse 10, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Um, You know, I was just thinking that earlier this year, I was in a particular country, and me and my wife, we put a lot of miles down this year traveling uh, uh, to certain places, but we went to this one particular country and to uh, one city in that country. It was a large city. And I, I happened to know that just a little time previously, because there was a report that I read by a certain minister who shared the testimony, that in that same city, there's a church, and it's a spirit-filled Pentecostal-type church, and this is, of course, in a different country. But in that church, there was a businessman who had just closed a large contract, he just closed a deal, and when the monies came through into his bank account, the first thing that he did is that he went to church. It happened to be a Sunday morning. And when the tithes and offerings were received, he put his tithe in the offering. And his tithe, my friends, was $35 million U.S. dollars. Now, uh, this was a different country, but in American dollars, that's what it's equivalent to in their money. See, here's the thing. He obviously made $350 million, and he brought the tithe in. And, you know, sometimes people say, Pastor Stephen, if I had something large like that happen to me, I would bring it in also. But you know what? You have to start right where you're at. If you're not tithing right now, then you are deceiving yourself, thinking that one day when you get more money or something happens, then then you're going to start tithing. That is in direct contradiction to what Jesus Christ himself taught. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. See, the tithe means 10%, not off the net, off the gross. And when you give God the 10% that belongs to him, he sees your faithfulness, even if it's in an area that's small. Because if you'll take the $10 out of the 100 and say, God, I've got $100 that was just given to me. Father, I know that $10 belongs to you. If you'll do that, and then you'll take the 100 out of the 1,000 and the 1,000 out of the 10,000, then you would also take the 35 million out of the 350 million. But my friends, this is how these things work. You just, you stay faithful right where you're at, and God looks And when he sees the faithfulness, he knows I can trust my son, my daughter now with much, much more. Because Jesus said that he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. So if you're faithful in the little, then God will make you faithful over a lot. Praise God. But this is also true when we reverse it. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much.
Well, Pastor Stephen, God knows I just, I just do the best I can. Well, that's, that's fine that you do the best you can, but if you're not a tither, you're still not a tither. If, if you're not a tither, if you're not systematically taking 10% out of all the provision, all the monies that or, or, or all of the resource, financial resources that come into your life, if you're not honoring God with the tithe, then you're not a tither. And my friends, if you want to engage God in a financial covenant, which is different than a salvation covenant. If you want to engage God in a financial covenant, you're going to have to rise up and become a tither. Praise the Lord. And a tithe means 10%. It belongs to him. So let's be faithful. God really does sit back and watch the giving. We know that Jesus did there at the temple and God in heaven, he looks and he observes to giving. And one of the key things he's looking for is faithfulness. Are you going to tithe? Are you going to tithe? Well, pastor Stephen, sometimes I do. Sometimes I, I don't. Well, then you're not a tither. That's inconsistent. Tithing is being systematic. Woo. Praise the Lord. And if you'll be quick to tithe, I mean, that's what that man did. He brought that tithe in. Soon as the doors were open to the church, he was there ready for the service. And you don't play around with things like that. You give the Lord what's his praise the Lord. And when you do that, you are positioned for God to do great things in your life. So put the Lord first. Come on, trust God, believe God, get off the shaky world system and get on the God system of stability, blessing and increase become a tither. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that are bringing the tithes and offerings in, we have a couple of different ways that you can bring them into the ministry storehouse. If you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. Now, if you would like to go online, and a lot of church members and partners that are international, they like to do that, as well as many of you here stateside, because it's very convenient. You can go to the ministry website, and there on the homepage is a link called Ties and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can click on that, and they will come right into the ministry storehouse. So thank you for honoring the Lord with the tithe that belongs to Him, and God is certainly going to bless you. There at our ministry website, there is also a header called Projects. We are currently focused on two projects. One is a fence around the entire ministry property, and the second project is an aircraft hangar at the airport so that we have a hangar for the future aircraft. Praise the Lord. If you would like to sow also an offering into one of those special categories, it would be appreciated as well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today that they are determined to be faithful. And Father, I thank you that you are observing their faithfulness. And I believe that you've got promotion and increase for them. You have a lifting up for them that is going to astound them. So, Father, we just thank you. We are committed to being integrous and honoring you with the tithe to not only tithe, but to tithe quickly, and Father, to tithe systematically on everything off the gross. We give you praise. We thank you that we walk with you in a financial covenant. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We all agree around the world today and say, Amen. Hallelujah. Now say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm faithful to the Lord. Woo! Praise God. Amen. All right. Now today I've got some 
I've got some material I want to cover with you, some very, I think, fascinating things revealed from God's Word by the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk today about what I would call an unfulfilled Scripture still waiting for you. Now, it's not that it hasn't been fulfilled some, but it's been fulfilled very, very little by only a few people in the body of Christ. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is taking His flashlight, and He is illuminating the Bible and the Scripture from the Bible out of the book of Proverbs concerning this concerning this amazing statement. And I believe it's time that God wants to move on it. Praise the Lord. So let's go there today. We're going to talk about an unfulfilled scripture waiting for you. And I say waiting for you. It's waiting for you to take a hold of it and believe God to perform it in your life. Now we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 13. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. So let there be light let there be illumination. Let your Holy Spirit come and just flood the eyes of our understanding with light. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you that your word is true and that it will never change. It will never, it will never fail. So we take a hold of it today by faith in Jesus' name. We all agree and say amen. Praise God. Now, Proverbs chapter 32, we're going to go directly to it. We're going to be today in verse 22, Proverbs 13, verse 22. It says a good man. Now, if you're in Christ, that would include you. That that that's a, that the good is the righteous because you're in Christ. His righteousness has now been imparted into you. So you are now considered in the eyes of God as being righteous. Some translations say just. Okay, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I I believe that's scriptural and that's something that we need to do. When I was a young boy, my grandfather took me out to the hog pen one day, and there was about four hogs out there. And he said, now, he said, I want you to know, Stephen, there's a hog here for you. There's another hog for your older brother, and there's another hog for your younger brother. And uh, this is, you know, in other words, he's trying to say, hey, this is your inheritance. And uh, I thought, well, this is exciting. I've got a hog waiting for me. Well, you know, eventually my grandfather, he passed away, he died, and I don't know whatever happened to the hogs, but we never, how can I say, we never got, got out of inheritance. I, I think they got barbecued, and I, actually I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, they didn't die a, you know, you know, a death of having lived their lives out. They got eaten. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't even know if we got to enjoy the privilege of, a, of eating our inheritance. I think somebody else ate it probably in the family. Uh, you know, we had a lot of relatives all, you know, living within the area there. But I believe this is something that we need to be mindful of, where our children and grandchildren have an inheritance, and that there's something for them, okay? It doesn't have to be everything up for them, of course, because we want to be primarily kingdom-focused, pouring resources into the kingdom, but we definitely do not want to neglect our own flesh and blood. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I speak to you today that you're going Going to do that. Shout and say, I receive it. Praise God. By the way, since technically we're talking here about grandchildren, and you know, this this all revolves around should the Lord tarry, right? Because the Lord Jesus is definitely coming back, and we are getting closer and closer to the very end of the age. 
Let me say it like this. We're not only in the last days, we're in the last days of the last days. So, you know, concerning grandchildren and, you know, things like that, who knows how much time we have left. But, you know what, we still need to honor God's Word, and we still need to, we need to act like, hey, we're going to be around here for quite some time. We need to take ground. We need to continue on with things. And should the Lord come back and interrupt it during our lifetime, and we're, we're taking out the catching up of the saints takes place, well, uh, Hallelujah, we're, we're, leave, we're leaving anyhow, we're going to a place of gold streets, gold houses, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, decked out with diamonds and rubies and stuff like that. So, you know, if you never got to uh, hand off that savings to the grandkids, who cares? You're all going to be in heaven anyhow. But we still need to put something aside for the children and the grandchildren. And I, I just want you to have faith for that. And again, just getting back to that, because technically we're looking at the aspect of grandchildren, uh, that sometimes could be something a little further down the line, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years before they ever touch whatever it would be that we're leaving for them. So it needs to be something that could be liquidated. Uh, there's a lot of things in the world that people say, but they're they're not really they're not really what you would call liquid. In other words, if you actually want to uh, turn it into currency or turn it into money that you could spend, uh, some things you can't always do that. But there are some things that you always can. And something that's very simple, particularly for grandchildren, is just like silver, because silver doesn't take a lot of money to save up. I mean, for seventeen dollars, I think right now seventeen dollars and twenty five cents or something like that. You go out and get a one ounce of pure silver. You know, just get a few of those every now and then. Put it aside for the grandchildren because they're so cheap. Before you know it, you've saved up quite a few. And, uh, you know, you could always do stuff like that. It doesn't have to be this big whopper thing. It just could be small things along the side. Before you know it, hey, that's starting to build pretty nice over them. They'll have a nice nest egg. And just think how your life could have been different if you would have had that. And, you know, I, even with my grandfather wanting to have given me a hog and, you know, bless his heart, at least he was saved and he's in heaven. And, you know, my, my grandparents, at least they taught the gospel to my father and my mother, you know, eventually my mother, she also was raised in a Christian home. So if nothing else, hey, there, there is a spiritual inheritance that came down both sides of the family line. But you know what? At the same time, it would have been nice to have some money over there. <laughs> you know, if, if a grandparent would have said, hey, you know, when you get to this age and you're responsible enough to know what to do with it, you know, you've got so much money waiting for you. That, that would have really been nice. But as it is, you know, you're, you're, you're placed into the trajectory and into the path that, you know, you, it is what it is for you. But just because maybe you didn't have it doesn't mean that you can't step into the Scriptures and you begin to do these things and say, hey, well, maybe I didn't have it, but I'm going to be certain to do it uh, for my family. And then you, you step into the blessing of that, okay? Because you know, you know, they'll sure be speaking good of you. Should the Lord tarry and you live your life out and you leave, they'll be talking mighty good about you at your funeral, and you'll go on to your reward in heaven, but they'll be talking good about you. Why? You left them a blessing. Hallelujah. You left them an inheritance. And I'm not talking about an old wore out pair of shoes or, you know, your old hat that nobody wants. I'm talking about you left them something that they could liquidate, something that they could spend, something that blessed them financially. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Uh, part B of this verse is really what the Holy Spirit would have me focus on today. Let me read it again. The wealth of the sinner is stored up, some translations say, laid up 
for the righteous. Who's the righteous? That would be the believer, the person who is in Christ. That would be you and I. And you need to really get a hold of an understanding of this because this is an end time prophetic promise. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for you. Praise the Lord. This is something that God wants you to meditate on. This is something that God wants to perform in your life. He wants to work with you to bring you into this and to bring it into manifestation in your life. Praise God. This is, this is fascinating. Now, I have right here uh, a prophecy that I'm going to read to you. This prophecy was given by a great Bible teacher. His name was Charles Capps. Some of you are familiar with his teachings. He did a lot of teaching on the subject of faith and also how to speak right words, the right confession to make. When I say confession, I'm not talking about confessing your sins. I'm talking about speaking words and talking faith language that is in agreement with Scripture, not in agreement with your circumstances per se, but in agreement with what God said. And when you do that and you apply that, it really begins to work in a very powerful way in your life. Well, he was an excellent teacher, and he also gave a very, very heavyweight prophecy when he was ministering in Honolulu, Hawaii in the year of 1978. So think about that. This prophecy that I'm going to share with you is a little over 40 years old, but still, still so few in the body of Christ have tapped into this prophetic word, have tapped into this scripture that I, I really sense that the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to move in the life of God's people who will take a hold of this scripture and believe me to do these things. Praise God. We want to talk about the power of this statement from the Lord in verse 22. We also want to talk about some conditions to step into it. And I want to read this prophecy to you because I believe this is an end time prophecy. And I believe that this very scripture is designed for God's people in the last days so that the gospel can be preached around the world, and it's going to take provision, a very unusual provision in order for this to take place. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, having said that, I now want to read this word to you. This was a prophecy by Charles Caps, And as you listen along, uh, this prophecy is also available online at many different platforms. All you have to do is type in, go to Google, type in Charles Caps. 1978 prophecy, and then you can see it there for yourself and study it, and that will also help it to sink deeply into your spirit. So again, verse 22, part B, the wealth of the sinner is stored up, is laid up for the righteous. It's stored up, and it's laid up for you. Before I read this prophecy, remember that the wealth has been stored up for a long, long time, but it is now in a place where it's not so much stored up, it's actually, it's actually moving. It's, it's moving, and God wants to move it into your life so that you can support the kingdom work and that you can be empowered to do. I can say it like this, empowered to be the kingdom champion giver that God has called you to be. You know, in the scriptures, Paul talked about the gift of giving. 
You know, some Christians are frustrated because that gift is resident within their spirit, but they don't have the empowerment to be able to give in a way that actually satisfies or even really exercises that gift. But you're going to come into it, and I believe that this scripture is for you. Okay, here's the prophecy by Charles Capps. He said, Financial inversions shall come forth from this that has been wrought tonight. Now, he talked about this prophecy is branching off of the message that he had taught that night. A financial inversion is the turning upside down and the inside out and sending it, sending it to you. That's what's going to happen. God's going to take the world's systems, the finances of the world, he's going to turn them upside down and turn it inside out and send it into the lives of his people. Okay? Financial inversions shall come forth from this that has been wrought tonight. So shall it be that even the smallest that has been set forth in motion here shall not be forgotten. And obviously it's not forgotten because here we are 40 years later, and we're talking about it right now because the Holy Spirit, he's on this. Okay. It shall be multiplied. Financial inversion shall increase in these days. For you see, it is my desire to move in the realm of your financial prosperity. Now, this is the Lord speaking through him. This is the spirit of prophecy speaking through God's servant, Charles Capps. And this is what the Lord said, but release me, saith the Lord, release me that I may come in your behalf and move on your behalf. For yes, 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 there shall be in this hour financial distress here and there, the economy shall go up and it will go down. But those who learn to walk in the word, they shall see the prosperity of the word come forth in this hour in a way that has not been seen by men in days past. Yes, there's coming a financial inversion in the world's system. It's been held in reserves of wicked men for days on end. But the end is nigh. Those reserves, those reservoirs, shall be tapped and shall be drained into the gospel of Jesus Christ. It shall be done, saith the Lord. It shall be done in the time allotted, and so shall it be that the word of the Lord shall come to pass that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Predominantly, in two ways shall it be done in this hour. Those who have hoarded up and stored because of the inspiration of the evil one and held the money from the gospel shall be converted and drawn into the kingdom, and then shall it release that reservoir into the kingdom. Stop right there. Praise the Lord. Okay. So the Lord speaking through Charles Capps through the spirit of prophecy said that the wealth of the wicked, the wealth of the sinner is going to be moved into the hands of the righteous. That's you. Okay. Through two primary ways. The first way that he mentions is that wealthy sinners are going to be converted. They're going to come to Christ, receive him as a Lord and savior, and they're going to be saved. And then now because they belong to God. Their hearts will be soft and their vast resources will be 
direct it into the the preaching of the gospel. Now, I wanted to stop there just for a moment on this very important prophecy, because it was in the year of 2007. The date was November the 4th, 2007, that prophet Kim Clement gave a very, very strong prophecy. He said, Trump shall become a trumpet. Okay, now this is in 2007, and Kim Clement was already picking up in the spirit that God was going to use Donald Trump as a future president of the United States of America. And he was getting that in the year 2007. Now, listen to this very carefully. November 4th, 2007, Kim Clement said, Trump shall become a trumpet. I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet and Bill Gates to open up the financial realm for the church, says the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Did you catch that? Wow, praise the Lord. Now, of course, Trump has gone on to become the trumpet. Also, by the way, Kim Clement prophesied that he would be reelected, that he would serve two terms as president. Kim Clement also prophesied that they would shout, impeach, impeach, but that he would not be impeached. Now, they have impeached him in the House, but we already know it's going to be blocked in the Senate, and Trump is going to go on. Now, I believe that actually what the Democrats have done of endeavoring to impeach President Trump is probably one of the biggest gifts that they could ever give the Republican Party, because it has unified the Republican base. It has unified the Republican leadership. They have all rallied around Trump in one solid voice. And also the Democrats, let me say this, the, the Democratic voters they can still stand back and see that the whole thing is a, a charade because they can look and say, look, the only reason our our party, the Democratic Party, is trying to impeach him is because they just don't like him. They, there's no proof. There's no evidence. The, the guy hasn't done anything wrong. And even the Democrats can look and say, although we don't like this man, he hasn't done anything wrong. We can't stick him with any charges. So this is like a partisan thing to try to take him out just because we don't like him. And you're going to see a lot of Democratic voters vote Republican, vote for Trump in the upcoming election next year. So th this really, in many ways, is a gift. <laughs> you know, uh, this is a phenomenal gift to President Trump because it's going to backfire horribly upon the, 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 Demo the Democrats because you know, it's just it's just crazy what they're doing there. Mr. Trump, he hasn't done anything wrong. So I really believe that what Kim Clement prophesied, the initial things he prophesied has come to pass. The other things, I believe we're going to see it unfold also. But the amazing thing that he also said about Bill Gates, that the Lord said that he's going to use Bill Gates to open up the financial realm for the church says the Lord. We need to pray for Bill Gates and his wife, Melinda, that they be saved and their sins washed away, that they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that they have a heart for the, for the gospel work. Oh, glory to God. And we need, you know, the, the people like Warren Buffett, they're, they're getting very old. We need to pray for Warren Buffett, that he would come to know the Lord, he and his wife. And uh, 
who would even dare pray for George Soros to believe that God could touch his heart and turn his heart? But I tell you what, God's an amazing, uh, he is, God is so amazing and so unique in the things that he does. So I believe that God's going to grab the hearts of some of these heavyweight billion, I, I, when I say billionaire, I'm talking multi-billionaires. God's going to grab their hearts and he's, he's going to touch them and they're going to be saved and they're going to just love the church and they're going to love Israel and mil- millions and billions and billions are going to be released for the preaching of the gospel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. So this, this is being prophesied on multiple platforms. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. Now let's go back now to the prophecy by Charles Caps. Now he's prophesying. The Lord speaking through him about the transfer of the wealth of the wicked into the righteous. So let me back up. Let's pick it back up. Predominantly, in two ways shall it be done in this hour. Those who have hoarded up and stored because of the inspiration of the evil one and held the money from the gospel shall be converted and drawn into the kingdom, and then shall it release that reservoir into the kingdom. But many, many will not. They'll not heed the voice of the Word of God. They'll turn aside to this, and they'll turn to that, and they'll walk in their own ways. But their ways will not work in this hour. It'll dwindle, and it'll slip away as though it were in bags with holes in them. It'll go here. And it'll go there, and they'll wonder why it's not working now. It worked in days past, they'll say. But it shall be, saith the Lord, that the word of the Lord shall rise within men, men of God, of low esteem in the financial world. Some of you need to seriously get get up in the spirit right now and get get your faith on because I'm ta- I'm telling you this is for you praise the lord and of course this is for men and women get your hearts ready get your hearts ready but it shall be saith the lord that the word of the lord shall rise within men men of god of low esteem in the financial world who shall claim the word of god to be their very own and walk in the light of it as it has been set forth in the word and give they'll begin to give small at first because that's all they have but then it will increase and through the hundredfold return so shall it be that the reservoirs that have held the riches in days past so shall it return to the hands of the giver because of the hundredfold return shall the reservoirs be lost from the wicked and turned to the gospel. Let me stop right there just for, just for a moment. My friends, why do you think there has been such a despising, such even a mockery of the term hundredfold return? When it's mentioned in the Gospels multiple times, but people even in the church have mocked it and have belittled it and have, have just ridiculed it. And it, and it's, it has grieved the heart of God. And you know, as they have made fun of it, they have not been able to enter into it. But I tell you what, God's word is still true, and God will not be mocked. There will be those who will take a hold of these promises, and they'll exercise extraordinary giving, and they will see the 100-fold explode in their lives. And yes, it is true. I have given before, 
certain amounts. And I've actually had times I have seen it come back more than a hundred times numerically. I'm talking multiplied back over a hundred times. I've seen it in my life. There's nobody can tell me that can't happen because I've seen it happen in my own life. And that's when I've given under that mighty sacred anointing of the Holy Spirit. And because of that 100% obedience, it was multiplied back 100 times. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm. Some of these people that make these erroneous statements, I, I, you know, I heard a person, a, a minister criticizing the 100 fold return saying, oh, you know, we've never seen it really happen in anybody's life. And uh, it just, obviously, God didn't mean that. I just thought, Lord, that person needs to be sat down. That person is so irreverent. They have no clue what they're talking about. And they'll be so ashamed that one day when they stand before you, that they put that out there before multitudes to see. And they were just really all it comes down to. They were embarrassed of God's word. Mm -mm. But it's true whether you understand it or not. It's true whether you've stepped into it or not. It's still true. Hallelujah. And it shall be proven true. It shall be proven true. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe I'm speaking to people that understand the vitality and the power of God's Word, which is so powerful, it created the heavens and the earth, the universe and all that is therein. That's how powerful the Word of God is. Every bit of it, every statement that came out of the mouth of Jesus is that powerful. And some bumbling preacher doesn't have enough sense to at least be quiet and not diminish it then they will, they will sit back and they will see it, but they will not participate in it. They'll see it happen, but they will not participate in it one bit because they ridiculed it and made fun of it. And when they pass away and they're long gone, God's Word will still be true. Because that's the flesh of man, just like grass, just like a flower, here one day, looking nice, the next day, gone. Passed off the scene, your life was just like a vapor. If you'd have honored the Word, you could have tasted the goodness of the land. Mm -mm -mm. But I know I'm speaking to a group of people who are overcomers, who are living in the last days, who God is stirring in your heart to be champion givers, because through your giving, millions, I don't say that lightly, millions will receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you're interested in a crown. You're not interested in a new car, although God will give you the icing on the cake. You're not interested in a new pair of shoes. You could care less about that stuff, although God's going to bless you with that. But you are interested in souls. You've got a crown on your mind. You've got a soul winner's crown on your mind. Hallelujah. And you're not leaving this planet without making an impact for salvations. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm saved. Me and my family, I'm not really concerned about anybody else. What about the billions of people who don't know Christ who will die in their sins and go to hell unless, unless they accept Christ? We must preach the gospel around the world. It is our assignment. It is the Great Commission. And I'm glad that I can speak to a lot of men and women out there, and even boys and girls, who take it very, very seriously. It is an assignment from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we cannot get this job done poor, broke, not having enough money, barely getting by, living in insufficiency and lack. We cannot get the job done like, like that. We must be in a place of abundance. We must be in a place of overflow. And we must tap into these reserves so that we can do what God wants done. The Great Commission being fulfilled. Praise God.
let's jump back into this prophetic word they'll begin to give small at first because that's all they have but then it will increase and through the hundredfold return so shall it be that the reservoirs that have held the riches in days past so shall it return to the hands of the giver because of the hundredfold return shall the reservoirs be lost from the wicked and turned to the gospel for it shall be it shall be in this hour that you will see things that you've never dreamed come to pass Oh, it'll be strong at first in ways, then it will grow greater and greater until men will be astounded and the world will stand in awe because the ways of men have failed and the ways of God shall come forth. As men walk in my word, so shall they walk in the ways of the Lord. Oh, yes, there will be some who say, yes, but God's ways are higher, surely higher than our ways, and we can't walk in those. It's true that the ways of God are higher. They are higher than your ways, as the heavens are above the earth. But I'll teach you to walk in my ways. I never did say you couldn't walk in my ways. Now learn to walk in it. Learn to give. Show so shall the inversion of the financial system revert, and so shall it be that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world, and there shall be no lack in my kingdom. Those who give shall walk in the ways of the supernatural, and they shall be known abroad. My word shall spread and the knowledge of the Lord shall fill all the earth in the day and the hour in which you stand. You shall see it and know it, for it is of me, and it shall come to pass, saith the Lord. Woo! Praise God forever. Amen. Is that not an anointed prophecy? My friends, the Holy Spirit is highlighting that prophecy. The Holy Spirit is highlighting Proverbs 13 22, the wealth of the sinner is stored up, laid up for the righteous. And God wants you, God wants you to dare to believe Him, that He will work with you to cause the financial inversion where the wealth of the sinner is brought into your life so that you can be the kingdom champion giver that God wants you to be. Praise God. Now, I want to share a few things that are necessary in order to step into this, steward this, manage this, and dare I say, not blow this. Hallelujah. Now, a few notes. Number one, this is something that was, of course, mentioned in the prophetic scripture. Uh, excuse me, the, the prophetic word by Charles Caps. This is something that you have to give your way into. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to pray my way in the Proverbs 13, 22. That's, that's not the door into that. Oh, prayer is very, very important. But because this ties into the end time work of God on a financial covenant on that platform, you can't come into this and activate this through prayer. You come into this and you activate this through extraordinary giving. And it's extraordinary giving 
that is led by the Spirit, that God sees that, and then because of that, He touches it. And because of that, then you working His Word, now He's obligated to come and perform His Word because His Word his word is his, is, is his integrity. So he watches over that. So when we do our part, boom, God comes in and does his part. And the next thing you know, he has multiplied your giving. And now you're stronger. And you go stronger and stronger. Praise God. So here's the thing. You give. You come into this through extraordinary giving. And of course, with your giving, yes, you pray, God, what should I do? Lord, lead me by your spirit. Because you have to have that prayer so that you're, you're not moved by what I call unsanctified giving. Wow. There's a lot of that in the church. Unsanctified giving is that you give because, well, okay, I'm just going to give because they're bugging me or they want my money, and I'm, I just get them off my back. I'm just going to give them something, and uh, that's wrong. You, you just, you know what? You're just throwing your money away. You know, maybe it did do a good purpose, but you're not going to, you're not going to see God's blessing on that. And the main thing also is that God's not obligated to give you rewards on that. Because he did not instruct you, lead you by the Spirit to get involved in that. Okay, so there's needs everywhere. But you cannot be moved by unsanctified pulls or, you know, or people messing with your emotions. You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, you have to pray. So it needs to be very prayerful giving, very targeted, very accurate giving. Praise God. Spirit-led giving. But you cannot come into Proverbs 13, 22 just on prayer. You have to come into that with giving, with giving. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this also. The way that you conclude a year determines the way that the next year is going to be. I have the word of the Lord for the year 2020. I'm going to, I'm going to share it with you when, once I'm done sharing today's message, okay? I have the word. I have the word for the new year. But my friends, the way that you exit this year positions you and set you upright for the new year that you're going into. And knowing that the Holy Spirit is highlighting Proverbs 13, 22, I would do something. I would do something to spring off the diving board strongly and step into the new year strongly. Praise God. Okay, so close out this year strong with your giving. Number three, this is very important. You're going to have to start incorporating fasting more into your life. Daniel is an end time book. It's a book that's really in many ways neglected by the church. I know there's a lot of prophetic symbolism in there of, you know, all these different animals and different kingdoms and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I know it takes some study to work your, to work your way through that. But Daniel, Daniel is very special because Daniel unveils the times of the Gentiles from from the Jews going into captivity, the Jews being dispersed, Jerusalem being trampled under by the Gentiles, and, you know, of course, still is today. But my friends, Daniel saw towards the end of the time of the Gentile age, and it is amazing when you read through the book of Daniel, the emphasis put upon fasting, and prayer. So if you want to steward the mysteries of the end time, 
if you want to walk in strength and illumination in the last days, you're going to, you're going to probably have to step it up in the area of fasting because Daniel was a heavyweight faster. Praise God. Oh yes. He, he worked there in the palace. He had access to the, I mean, to the finest, most tasteful food on the planet. But there were still so many times he just pushed the plate back and said, I've got to walk uh, in the revelation of the Spirit of God. Uh, I, have to, I have to be ready for these things that are taking place, angelic encounters and things like that. So it just went along with his call. By the way, the great sages of Israel were men that were always known, the, 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 very, the very leading rabbis have always been known as men who were specially anointed by God to fast. And it just came with the calling. It came with the territory. And John the Baptist was also a prophet that there was much fasting associated with his life. But John the Baptist was only one prophetic voice saying, prepare the way of the Lord. When Jesus comes back the next time, there will be not just one voice, but there will be a company of prophetic people, a corporate John the Baptist saying, get ready, get ready for the Lord's return. But see, it'll also carry an anointing of fasting. But my friends, this message, this prophecy, even that Charles Capps delivered and tried to share, many heard it, but because there was no fasting incorporated into the lifestyle of many who you know, delighted over verse 22, chapter 13 of the book of Proverbs, they couldn't really come into it because if you come into very, very strong wealth like that, and in other words, if you're a Daniel and you come into the Babylonian court and you're just talking wealth, that's just mind boggling. And you know, a, a, a lifestyle of luxury and lavishness that that's just anything you dream of, you could have. Look, if you don't have fasting in your life with prayer, you will, not might, you will become corrupted. You will eventually get soft, you'll get lethargic spiritually, you'll get spiritually lazy, and you, your prayer life will begin to go down, your devotional time will begin to go down. Oh, not me, Pastor Stephen, not me. Yet, Yes, it will happen to anybody. If you're, if you're in realms like that, and you know or you have the ability to take a nine month cruise and just gorge at the buffet every day. Look that Daniel had that stuff all around him. He was a man of prayer and fasting. If you don't walk in prayer and fasting, you cannot steward in time wealth. Pastor Stephen, I'll give it away. Uh, Pastor Stephen, I'll tie that. I'll do the first thing I'll do. Yeah. But when the, the, the magnitude of wealth like that provision, like that touches you, you really have to be a person very grounded in scripture, in the principles of God's word, and you're gonna to have to keep fasting in there, or else your flesh will try to hijack your destiny. Your flesh will try to hijack the high prophetic call that God has for your life. And the next thing you know, you're just goofing off, and you know, you don't even really care about souls anymore. And you just you're turning it all upon you're turning all the provision, you're turning all of that upon yourself. And if you, if you don't have fasting incorporated into your life, it, it, these things will corrupt you. Don't be deceived, praise God. Don't be deceived. The flesh 
let loose, let to run on its own, will just engage, it'll just dive into carnality. My friends, keep your spirit dominant. The way that you keep your spirit dominant is by walking very close to God and you integrate fasting in your life. And fasting still means no food, okay? Um, that, that, that's really, if you really want to get that impact, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to embrace that. Woo, praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this also. You will never know the fullness of God's plan for your life or His power that's available for you to, to experience that plan without fasting. They are the big three that Jesus mentioned prayer, giving, and fasting. And if you leave one out, you can never know the fullness of God's plan for your life. Praise God. There's grace. There's grace. Step into it. Step into it. There's grace. Just start with day one. Start with day one. Look for the grace, and you'll keep going. Praise God. But you must prepare your heart for this. You must prepare your heart for this. You must have the strength of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit, the supporting seven pillars of the Spirit of God to hold up the platform of blessing and power that God wants to carry you into. That's why Daniel and his three associates, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were men of prayer and fasting. If you want to walk in heavyweight authority and financial realms like that, you're going to have to be a person of fasting. If you don't, it's going to pull you, it's going to pull you into that flesh pot. Praise God. Hallelujah. Become that person now. Become that man or woman now in the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And finally, the fourth, the fourth wisdom nugget or tip that I would I feel out of the Spirit to give to you is that as God blesses you financially and the wealth of the sinner begins to flow into your life, tithe on the gross immediately. Pastor Stephen, I just you know I just uh, I just haven't tithed yet. No, no, tithe tithe quickly when it comes in. You you can recognize, hey, this is a big one. Wow, thank you, Jesus. That came out of nowhere, Lord. I give you praise, Hallelujah. Get the checkbook out. Get that into the storehouse of God. Don't don't play with holy things. Praise the Lord. Get the tithe in, Hallelujah. You know what? Go ahead and give an offering on top of it. Praise God. Mm, move it into the kingdom. Move it into the kingdom. Oh yes, God wants you blessed. You know, yes, yeah, yes. Pay down debts and things like that. And uh, you know what? Go out to eat and rejoice and enjoy yourself. But put the kingdom first. That's why God's bringing it to you. Put the kingdom first. You'll have more than enough for yourself. Put the kingdom first. Mm, it's the golden key, Matthew six thirty three. Put the kingdom first. God's heart, God's plan, God's kingdom. You'll be in heavy, heavy overflow. God's going to bring the wealth of the sinner into your into your very hands. Praise the Lord. He's got a million different ways he can do it. But just give your way into it. Give your way into it, and believe God to do it based upon this beautiful verse that the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous, and you're included in that end-time plan, and He wants to tie you into it so it is, it's inverted into your life. Whoo! Praise God! Mm, mm, mm. And today, with all of the technology, with everything linked, it just God can get it to you from, from anywhere, anywhere. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. I had a ministry partner send me 
a, a card, a beautiful card, and uh, there was another Starbucks card in it. God, God, God bless you for sending that. I know who you are. And they sent the card, and they said, Pastor Stephen, somebody tried to call me the other day and said, we've got money for you, and we want to get money, we want to get money to you, and the, my ministry partner uh, wrote me and said, I, I thought the whole thing was a joke. I actually hung up on them. <laughs> she hung up on them. It just totally hung up on them, hung up the phone, and uh, didn't hear anything. And then uh, a few days later, uh, uh, I can't remember, I don't have the card in front of me, I, I read the whole card, but basically what happened is that the person calling didn't give up. It was an agency, and money was owed this person. This ministry partner used to live in a different state, okay, and they were owed money from the state or from some association, but they moved out of state Okay, and they didn't they didn't you know give a like a forwarding address. Then they moved to another state, so they're zigzagging in their moves. But this agency tracked them down, even with all of their moves, tracked them down and got their got the person's phone number and called and said, "We've got money for you. We've got money for we've got money for you." Mm, 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 mm. And you know what the person did? The person sent the lion's share of it into this ministry into this ministry. Why? There are people that want to touch the sacred power that is in the eternal Word of God of Proverbs 13, 22. And I'd tell you what, that's how you come into it. You give your way into it. God can get it to you uh, from anywhere, from another state, from another country. Just you work the principles, God will get it into you. God will tie you into things supernaturally. This this is supernatural release. There's there's miracle and anointing on this. This is the wisdom and the power of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So give your way into this. And finally, I would also say as you give, pray also on top of it. Colossians chapter 2, I absolutely am just fascinated and intrigued with the depth contained within the book of Colossians. This is a letter, an epistle, a letter written to the church. You and I are the church. This is written to us. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, that the hearts, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden, the emphasis is Christ, in other words, in Christ, in whom in Christ are hidden, 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 not out for the public to see, not out for just the general, you know, average person just to say, oh, I'll take that too. No, are hidden in Christ all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Notice the treasures are not hidden in Christ. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge, those are what's hidden in Him. Pastor Stephen, I just want the treasure. No, no. If you get the treasures of his wisdom and his knowledge, he'll tie you into all the treasures. He'll tie you into the wealth. He'll, he'll, he'll cause it to flow into your life so that you can support the preaching of the gospel all over the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So pray, pray, Lord Jesus, in you are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Oh, God, by your Spirit, unveiling your word and by your spirit unveiling your plan for my life oh god fill me with your treasures of wisdom and knowledge Woo! 
Lord, turn me on to it. Lord, show it to me. Let the wealth of the sinner flow into my life so that I can be a financier of the gospel. Glory, 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 glory. Soul winner's crown. Soul winner's crown. And look, we, we share in this together. You know, a lot of people got real excited when Reinhard Bonnke just went home to be with the Lord. And it is an, it is an amazing thing to think about his homecoming. I believe, uh, I believe he won 78 million people to the Lord. But, but look, it's never just one man. It's partners. It's supporters. Sowing. Sowing. Look, look they, can't, they can't hear unless the gospel's preached, but the gospel preaching, you know, the massive crusades and, uh, the, you know, renting all the speakers and all the logistics, just money, money, money poured in there. But every soul is worth it. Does he have a great reward? Mind-boggling award, beyond comprehension, but also those that sowed into that. Yes, they're partakers. And as this ministry breaks new ground and takes the gospel around the world, into the Middle East, into Europe, across America, and other parts of the world, we're going after souls. And we're going to build up the church, make the church strong, and we're going after the souls, praise God. So we're, we're going to have a soul winner's crown. We're going to have a soul winner's crown, and we all partake of that. We all, all partake of that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And me and my wife, of course, were privileged to be able to sow into that man's work and be a part of that, that great project. But you know what? We're going to, we, we are coming into the last days of the last days, and it's harvest time. It's harvest time. So come on, let's get us a soul winner's crown. All of us, hallelujah. Woo, praise God praise God. And God's going to give you extraordinary provision, the wealth of the sinner flowing into your life. So sow your way into it and give, and give, and pray, really pray, and fast, and fast. That way you can separate all the fleshly, goofy stuff of the flesh, so you can really fast, have right motives, and be very sharp pertaining to the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for this message. Let it be sealed in the hearts of your people. May they springboard into the new year. Running, running, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Angels are moving. Angels are working. See, this was a foretold event by the Apostle James. James chapter 5 talked about the wealth of the sinner. God's going to deal with that wealth. And you actually see that it's laid up for the end times. It's laid up for the last days is what it literally says. James chapter 5. And there it mentions that the Lord of Sabaoth would be involved in this wealth transfer. Where, well, when it says the Lord of Sabaoth, that's not Lord of the Sabbath. Lord of Sabaoth is a Greek transliteration of the Hebrew name Lord of of host. In other words, Jehovah Savah. That is the captain of the angelic armies. There will be multitudes of angels working behind the scenes to cause the wealth inversion, to cause the transfer. Well, it's just going to flow. It's going to flow. It's going to flow. And God's on it. God's on it. It will be blessed. And we're going to use it to preach the gospel. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, I, I feel the anointing. 
I feel the anointing. Praise God. Let's take communion, and then I want to share with you what the Lord told me would be the theme for the year 2020. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And we're going to take Holy Communion together. If you're watching today's message, and you just think, Pastor Stephen, the more I hear you talk about Jesus, the more amazed I am about His wisdom, His beauty, His power, His splendor. I want to know Him. If you want to, if you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to turn from your sins and receive forgiveness of all your sins, right now, pray, pray in faith. Pray this prayer out loud after me. Say it now. Say, Lord Jesus, I turn and repent from all of my sins. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. I belong to you. Praise God. And Jesus Christ has saved you and has washed your sins away. Let's take communion together. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the juice. We consecrate it and set this apart now as holy. We thank you that it is. This is the body. This is the blood of our Savior. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you that your word is true. Father, some scriptures have been given timely assignments. And this verse, this scripture that we've looked at today from Proverbs 13, 22, particularly part B, has an end time assignment. And so, Father, we just, we just thank you that we receive your word and we endeavor to step into it by faith and covenant practices in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We confess all of our sins. We thank you that as we confess them, you're faithful to forgive us of our sins and that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you for your grace, your anointing to fast, to pray, to seek your face, to understand that we are living in extraordinary times. We thank you for the privilege and calling of your spirit to be involved with the assignment of the Great Commission. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your strength and your anointing and your victory over sin through the shed blood of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I would like to share with you now the theme for the year 2020 as given to me by the Holy Spirit. The Lord gave me the phrase, it's your time to shine. Praise God. That's what 2020 is. It's your time. Well, uh, maybe some of you are thinking, you know, Pastor Stephen, um, I didn't really shine in 2019. Well, it wasn't your time. 2020 is. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I didn't shine in 2018 either. That's okay. It wasn't your, it wasn't your time. Well, then what was all of that time? Preparation. Preparation that now you may be raised up for such a time as this. 2020 is 
your time. Get ready. It's going to be a year unlike any other you've ever experienced. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, they were good years. This has been a good year. But 2020, it's your time. Praise God. I would suggest that you put all of your heart into getting ready for it. Get your heart ready. Get your mind ready. Because God is going to do great things for you in the year 2020. It's your time. It's your time to shine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Receive that. So, Father, I just give you praise. Just like Esther. It was all about timing. The time came for her to shine. It was her time. So, Father, maybe some even would have felt left out in previous times. Well, that's okay. It wasn't their time. But, Father, 2020 is the year that it's their time. So, Father, I thank you they're going to shine in 2020. We thank you that you're going to put the spotlight of heaven upon us. We give you all praise and glory because we're going to lift up Jesus. We're going to let him shine through us. And we thank you, Father God, we're going to run with him and do what you've called us to do. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the activation of Proverbs 13, verse 22, in our lives. Glory, glory, glory. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father God. You have brought us forth into the kingdom for such a time as this, to shine for you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, you be richly blessed. Bye-bye.